Prayer is an intriguing concept, but most of our prayers are centered around waking, sleeping, and eating. Based upon scripture, we know that it goes much deeper than that, whether they be short cries for help or night-long meditation. Today we're going to talk about why prayer is important and why you need to just keep praying. Hey y'all, welcome to The Pilgrim Song. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. And this is your favorite interracial friends talking about Jesus. Welcome on this Monday morning, or whenever you're listening, of course. Uh, Thank you guys again for your listening. And uh, we hope that you had a very fun, very enjoyable, and very safe July 4th weekend. Uh, We hope that, you know, all things went well for you. So, uh, this morning, or... For this podcast, this is an idea that was pitched by Charlie, so you can thank him for it. Uh, but, you know, when in our nation, when we hear people say things, or when some disaster happens, for instance, like the Miami uh, condominium breakdown that happened a couple weeks ago that we should still be praying for, um, the common reaction is, you know, we are sending our thoughts and prayers to the family. And people have had naturally, uh, particularly in recent times, a vitriolic reaction to this where they're like, we don't need thoughts and prayers. We need actions and that type of thing. That's what we'll hear. Um, so in this podcast, we wanted to talk about what prayer actually is and how we can pray more effectively and just, you know, why it should be an important aspect, a staple of our lives. So we're going to hop right into that. Um, Charlie, you, you have any sure. other things you want to <clears throat> No, not on the introduction. No, it's right. a, um, so the first question that we, we want to kind of get into uh, is this idea of what really is prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we think about prayer, you know, what does that actually mean? What are we doing uh, when we are praying? Um, when I was a kid, when I was like really young, um, honestly, before I can even fully remember, I did not fully understand what prayer was. You know, I would see people bow their heads down, you know, hold their hands and then just start talking to God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents taught me, you know, what it was, you know, this is our time we're talking to God, right? You bow your head, you hold your hands, uh, and you pray. And I, I feel like a lot of young kids that are brought up in the church are probably taught, you know, that that same kind of thing. But I didn't really fully grasp, like, what it was or what it meant to talk to God. You know, like, when I close my eyes, like, do I imagine God? Do I, you know, like, how, how, do, like, how do I just start this conversation off? Um and, you know, it wasn't until I got a, a good bit older uh, and studied a little bit more about it and read a little bit more about it and had classes on it that I began to kind of realize what prayer actually was, what what this really meant for me. And it's actually what motivated me uh, at the root of it to actually be baptized um, was I knew that I had been praying like every day or almost every day, trying to anyways. Uh, and I had the realization that I was not actually truly a child of God. I didn't really have that relationship with him that I should. Mm. Uh, and so I couldn't really truly talk to him like I wanted to. Like, I, like my prayers weren't very meaningful because I actually, I was, I was in sin. Like I was wrong and I wanted to be able to talk to God and I ran out and I wanted to be able to have that relationship with him. Mm. Uh, and so because of that, because I wanted to be able to, to have that relationship with him, that's what actually motivated me to want to become a Christian. Mm. 
um, <clears throat> so that I could be cleansed of my sins and I could be able to talk to God. Um, and But even then, right, even when I first got baptized, I still didn't fully understand the, the depths of what prayer was. I mean, I understood that it's me talking to my creator um, and, and being able to, you know, he communicates with me through his, through his word and then I can communicate to him through prayer. And so we can have that relationship with each other. But it probably wasn't until I had some pretty difficult life circumstances that I began to fully grasp the the power of what prayer is and what it can accomplish. Mm. So that, that's kind of my story. I mean, what was your experience yeah. with it? Uh, in a lot of ways, it's along <clears throat> the same lines. Uh, it's not as deep for me as you know when it led to your ultimate, you know, your baptism and stuff like that. But for me, it was always kind of like this thing that you just did, and it was mm-hmm. it was very ritualistic. <laughs> we would go and get like Burger King or something. Was when it was slightly better quality, we'd go to Burger <laughs> King, and we would say, "Thank you for this food that you've given us. Let's be a nourishment to our bodies." And it just, it's not until past recent couple of years I was like, "I need to stop saying nourishment when I get fast food." Like nourishment of my it's body, not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so prayer, when I was younger, was especially this. It was very ritualistic. It was very much based upon, um, you know, we we did when we were waking up and we were sleeping, and then when we eat when we ate food and we did it on at church and that type of thing. It wasn't very personal for me, uh, and usually I'll use it if I felt like I was in a very dire circumstance, and that kind of plays into something I'm still trying to work on with my prayer life and not just going to God after everything else has failed and being like, oh, I need help. And it's right. like, that should be the first place I go mm-hmm. and working from that spot. So prayer also had a lot to do. It basically had I done enough good things during the day for God to be like, okay, I'll help you out. <laughs> that, that also played into a lot of my prayer life too. So I had a lot of common misconceptions, misunderstandings right. about what prayer was and, and, what communication with God was. And I'm still trying yeah. to work through. No, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that. a lot of us have that, a lot of misconceptions about what prayer really is mm-hmm. and don't really fully understand what, what it is, but hopefully, you know, you and I together through this podcast and, and studying together, and then maybe you guys being uh, able to listen to it, maybe we can all kind of come to a, a deeper understanding of what this actually is and yeah. what it can do for us and how it can help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first question starting off and, and trying to get this is, you know, what, what happens when we pray? Well, a lot of things. First of all, I mean, it, you're, it's cool that you're just talking to the Creator. And that's, right. that's an awesome thing. Um, and the first thing that I, I do want to mention is that God hears us. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just, again, when we consider all the things in the universe that need to be upheld by Him, and the fact that He hears you, this insignificant ant on this planet, brings so much significance and dignity to who you are. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's something that's really impactful for me. Uh, there are some exceptions to whether God hears your prayer or not. One of the uh, interesting examples comes out of first Peter three, where God says to particularly the, to the men that if you are mistreating your spouse, then God does not hear your prayers. Yep. So that's a, that's a warning, especially to you men out there. Uh, but that's one of the, one of the few exceptions I see in scripture about whether God hears your prayers or not. So when we pray, God listens. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think another cool thing is, you know, we also know that the spirit, uh, when we pray can also intercede from us, uh, and we get or intercede for us. And we get that out of Romans chapter eight, mm-hmm. uh, verses 26 and 27. If you want to read that, um, you know, God, you know, he knows our hearts. He knows what we are going to be asking of him before we even do so. 
And so, you know, it's in our weakest times when we don't know what to say, when we don't know how to say it, that the spirit can actually intercede for us and help us out in that way in Mm -hmm. talking to God. And that's a really, that's a really comforting idea and a really comforting passage. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad Um, you brought up that one in particular. Like when you read through verses 26 and 27, it is just beautiful, the depth of it. And and the way that the spirit is able to bring out something in our prayers that's deeper than even mm-hmm. we know how to say. And I've, I've heard that used as an argument for God is like, there are things that we want to vocalize and we just can't. Right. Uh, but the spirit vocalizes the deepest needs that we have to God. And I think that's a really cool passage, a very good one to meditate on. When yeah, we definitely. When we pray. It's almost like he, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Absolutely. And that's really what it, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he does. <laughs> so he made us and that's just, that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, did you have any other Ooh, ones? I got goosebumps. Just I know. Right? About that. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no. You can you can continue with yeah. So you know, c- continuing along with that same idea of, of, the, of the idea of being comfort is uh, a passage that really comes to my mind. I know I've mentioned on the podcast before is, is Philippians four six and seven mm-hmm. uh, when it talks about you know when we have anxiety you know when, when we're worrying about things you know don't be anxious about those things and instead take all those cares and all those worries that you had. And make your request known to God with thanksgiving. Important mm-hmm. note to have in there. Um, but to be able to cast our cares upon the Lord and be able to take those things before him. Uh, and what we get back out of that then is is peace. What he can give for us is is peace. And that's also a really nice thing that we can get out of that when we pray. Is that we can cast our cares upon him and he will grant us peace in that mm-hmm. situation. For sure. Um. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, one of the other ones that I think is very important kind of goes along with uh, Charlie talking about anxiety, and both that's something that both of us do struggle with. So it's very nice to have someone who cares about our anxiety and that we can cast it on him and find peace uh, in that. I think a, a big other aspect of prayer that is often forgotten when people just use thoughts and prayers broadly is what prayer does is it realigns mm-hmm. our will with what God has us uh, wants from us and what he desires. So the biggest example of this is Jesus in the garden. And what you have is Jesus who is God and knows what the ultimate best for humanity is, but he is still broken over the, what he's, he's going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And he prays in the garden like, Take this out of my face. I don't want to have to deal with this. But your will be done. Your will, not mine. Mm-hmm. And I think so. T- sometimes with prayer, it is this. I'm probably going to say this again, but like it's a vending machine where I press the button and God and I enter enough money and God's going to shoot out whatever I ask for. <laughs> when the reality is what prayer is supposed to do is God ultimately knows what is best. What was ultimately for the best, as disgusting, as horrible, as awful as it was, Jesus going to the cross and dying in that way, it ultimately brought salvation for every person who decides, who believes in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. So when we pray, we're supposed to be aligning ourselves. This is what God desires in my life. And as difficult as it may be, I can find strength in him and I'm going to pursue what he has asked for me. So, yeah. Really. Yeah. When we, you know, that's a pretty common phrase that I know that I will say in my prayers and that I hear a lot of people do is this idea of, you know, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is about that is God doesn't need us to tell him that his will needs to be done because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be. And so the reason why Jesus, I think, said that line and the reason why, you know, I say that me personally in my own prayers 
is if anything, it's a reminder to myself, like yeah. you were saying, that at the end of the day, God is the one that is in control and that he does know best. Because like we were saying a second ago with the spirit, knowing us and knowing our hearts and knowing what's best for us beyond what we could understand, right? That That's how God is. He, he knows everything about us and he knows what we need uh, most, more than we do, or maybe more than we realize. Um, and so when we say things like that, you know, it's a reminder for us, it realigns our will with his will and makes us, you know, okay with whatever the outcome is, knowing that God uh, is in control of that situation for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's really, really good. Mm. Yeah. And uh, one of the last things, or one of the other things that spirit, that prayer does in particular is it does a lot to encourage saints and and brethren. Because for me, uh, you know, you you may not know this about me, but like recently I became like at least the the one preacher here for three months uh, until we're getting a new guy. So very excited about that. But over the course of this time period, a lot of people have come up and told me they've been praying for me. They appreciate me, that type of stuff. And that's super encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, you, you don't know when someone prays about you or you like, you don't really feel anything tingly, at least as far as I know. But, um, one of the cool things is knowing that somebody is going and petitioning the God of the universe on your behalf. So that's very comforting. And one of the things that happens when you pray is you comfort the brethren. So I think that's a very important aspect as well. And I hope that if you do tell someone, Hey, I'm praying for you. That you actually do go yeah. and pray for that person. Because yeah. if you don't, you're a liar. <laughs> so well, that's something that I think we yeah. say. I know I've been guilty of that before. But like, hey, I'm going to pray for you or I'm praying for you. But in reality, I actually forget to. So, yeah. you know. But yeah, no, that's, that's one of the most encouraging things for sure that you yeah. can have in life is knowing that there are other people that have your back and that are making you know intercession before God on your behalf to, to try to help you out in whatever situation you're in. That's just so comforting to know mm-hmm. and encouraging, like you said, to know that, that that can happen and that we're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, any other things on that? I think it is interesting, though, like the particularly in the first century, uh, at least what we read out of particularly Acts, mm-hmm. is we see a lot of group prayers. And that's yep. kind of like, you know, we do that. We have our opening prayer and our closing prayer on Sundays. But like, even if for in some circumstances when I'm with somebody and they need help, sometimes I just feel like weird praying with them. Right. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what the dealio is, that, but we need to, we need to stop doing that. And like, yeah. just pray with people. Just pray with people. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of got over my fear with that, uh, with some things that happened that I'll talk about here in a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, for sure. Um, you know, one, one of the misconceptions that I kind of want to clear up, though, too, is that what what prayer also is, is it prayer is personal and it can be emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think sometimes we we like to, at least I know that I do, uh, remove emotions from our relationship with God. Mm. And, and I think the reason why, you know, I do this for sure is because, you know, I don't. I don't want my worship to be about how it makes me feel or how, you know, I don't want to be motivated by my feelings toward my, my relationship with God to be motivated by how I feel, how it makes me feel. You know, I want to do whatever it takes to make me feel good. You know, I, and so I overcompensate for that by just removing emotions almost completely out of my relationship with God. Um, 
but you know that's not the case right mm-hmm. especially when it comes um, to our prayer life and I want to look at some examples of this uh, and the first one is in Luke chapter 22 it's actually one that you just referenced and it's probably one of the most common passages that people like to think about um, when it comes to prayer mm-hmm. uh, and this is when Jesus is in the garden um, and he is about to be delivered over to uh, his ultimate death and in Luke chapter 22 and beginning in verse 41 it says and he Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. When we read passages like this, when we read about Jesus praying in the garden, Right. This is, again, one of the passages that I get chills when, when I read every time I read it, um, because we see the emotion of Jesus when he's praying to God. This isn't just some robotic thing that he's doing. You know, this is he is scared for his life. He knows what's about to happen. And he is worried to the point where it says like his sweat becomes like drops of blood. He is in great agony over the situation. And we see that in his prayers. Um I think another really good example of this, and maybe another familiar one, is in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, and in 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, this is uh, Samuel's mother, uh, Hannah, uh, who more than anything in her life wants to be able to have a child. Um, she has been able, unable to do so, uh, and it weighs heavily on her relationship Um with herself and her relationship with her husband. Um, and so, you know, what does she do in this situation? Well, she decides to take this to God. Uh, and in first Samuel chapter one, beginning in verse 10, it says she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. And she continued praying before the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. So again, this is another example uh, of someone who was in great distress and great agony over their situation in their life. And she showed so much emotion in her prayer that Eli thought she was drunk. Mm. Uh, Lily thought she was just some crazy drunk woman. Um, Like, what are you doing? Like, you're you're actually, it's kind of terrible. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, and she's like, no, like I am in no way drunk. I am just, you know, I can't help but be emotional in this situation. Mm. And so what I think we can get out of this, and, and there are a lot of other examples of this in the Bible of people who show great emotion during their prayer. But what I want us to get from this is how personal and emotional prayers can be. And it's okay to show emotion in our prayers 
Um, it's not just some mechanical thing that we do every day or before we eat a meal, right? In fact, Jesus actually rebukes the Pharisees for, for being like that mm-hmm. for, uh, and, and the Gentiles as well for using just thoughtless repetition in their prayers. He gets very upset with them and calls them hypocrites for doing so, um, specifically the Pharisees. You know, I, I think it's obviously it's important that we take prayer very seriously because, um, you know, we are talking to God, right? We are talking to our creator, our father. But I think if we're not careful, we could take it too seriously to the point where it becomes almost emotionless uh, and just robotic. Mm. Um, is that, I don't know if that yeah, makes Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. And finding that balance can be a bit difficult, but that's why sure. you need practice. That's exactly. why you need to keep praying and, and learning. How can I be very sincere with God, but also how can I be... Um, serious about what I'm doing. And I think there's a good balance to both of those. And I think the two examples you used are great examples for that. So I appreciate it. Do you yeah. have anything else on this? No. no uh, section? Just, I, it's a good intro. Like I, yeah. I'm very glad that we're, we're doing a subject. I, I think that there's a lot of, I think there, there's some misinterpretations that already can be corrected just mm-hmm. with some blanket stuff, just with the introduction. So, yeah. uh, so on the next section, what we're going to do when we come back is talk about what all we can accomplished with prayer and spoiler alert it's infinite so uh thank you all for uh listening to this first section we'll be right back We just finished talking about what prayer really is, and now we're going to talk about what prayer accomplishes. What can we actually do with prayer? So, yeah, so you know, obviously, prayers can be uh, extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a passage that that comes to my mind when we uh, think about prayer specifically is Psalm 107. Um, there's a lot of Psalms where David is praying, but Psalm 107 specifically, verses 28 and 30 really kind of stand out to me as, as, as kind of showing the, the true power of what prayer can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest powers that we can kind of tap into and be able to have a part of as Christians today uh, is prayer. I mean, it's, it's literally infinite, right? There is no limitation put on what we can accomplish with prayer mm-hmm. or by prayer um, that I know of. You know, does that mean we're always going to be able to get exactly what we want? Like, absolutely not. You know, I don't think that that's um, true. And that's something that we're going to talk about next in, in a little bit. Um, but there's really no limit to how much we can pray, nor is there any limit to, you know, prayer itself and what it can accomplish. Um, but with all this power, right, does come some level of responsibility that's put on us. And I think we're going to talk about that some. Uh, and so, you know, kind of starting right off, uh, I think one of the first things is, you know, prayer is is not just asking for things. Yeah. yeah. Prayer, it, again, this, this idea of a vending machine comes to our mind. We're very mm-hmm. much like, if I do a good enough job or something like that, I press the button and then God, I hit B5 and God will send me a whatever <laughs> thing. And I'm glad that Charlie used the example of Psalm 107 because it's actually my favorite <clears throat> psalm. And I just love so much of the aspect of it because it combines not only like it talks about how God's love is, but also it, it mixes in this idea of 
thankfulness and praise. And a big aspect of our prayer life should be centered around the praise we give to God mm-hmm. and the thankfulness we have for the things that he has done. Because even if you're thinking like, well, I haven't, God hasn't really shown me anything good today. It's like he created this earth. He provided for Jesus. You have a reason to praise him and the things he's done today. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to that, just thankfulness. Thankfulness for life. Thankfulness for breath. Thankfulness for people who love you and care about mm-hmm. you. Um, and those two aspects of prayer remind us and ground us in you know who we're called to be who we're supposed to be uh tendency for me and i think a lot of people is to look at somebody else and look at what they have and be ungrateful that god hasn't given me exactly what they have therefore god doesn't actually love me or god doesn't uh why doesn't god answer my prayers in this way um popular meme is this guy who's praying God, I've seen what you've done for other people. You need to do it for me or something along those lines. It's, it's a terrible meme, honestly, because it's about making me rich, making yep. me, you know, all this type of stuff. When one of the most powerful aspects of prayer and what it can do is it makes you thankful for what you have. Yeah. It makes you thankful for what God has already done. Um, because the reality is a lot of people have way worse off. Yeah. And prayer helps them remind us that I have a God I can talk to, and that's wonderful. But also, I deserve to have it way worse. I could have it way worse, yep. but I don't. Uh, so I think those are very important aspects of prayer, and I think that that's a big part of what it accomplishes for sure. For us. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is to be selfish mm-hmm. when you're talking to God. You know, literally committing that sin while you're also you know talking to Him and mm-hmm. potentially confessing sins to Him, which we'll talk about in a second. But sure. you know, you don't you don't want to be selfish for sure so yeah no i really like the point that you made out there is that it, it really again like we said before right, it really just reminds us of how dependent we are upon god because of all the things that he has done mm. for us that he did not have to do but does because he loves us mm-hmm. uh, and so it's a great reminder to us for that for sure yeah very important aspect in there uh then we mix in uh, the other accomplishment one of the other accomplishments is it helps it, it can it forgives our sins right so first first john chapter 2 talks specifically about jesus being the intercessor on our behalf so as long as you know christians um, i don't think we've talked about this on the podcast but it's a good idea uh talking about that christians can sin and do mess up as a matter of fact charlie and i both mess up Absolutely. uh we are people who are not just incredible we're just people who have been forgiven so what happens in this aspect is it's, it's not an encouragement that you just keep on sinning, that you make a practice of sinning because you go re- read through Hebrews and it makes it very clear that that's not something you can do. And even First John mentions the same thing. But what First John 2 does tell us is that when you fail, when you mess up, you have a faithful high priest. You have an, a faithful intercessor in Jesus. So prayer... In a lot of ways, it accomplishes this reminder that we are broken and we still need Jesus. And it it confesses our sins to God and we can be confident that when we pray, we will be forgiven for those. And uh, that's a huge thing. Like sin for us, we it's usually in our minds. But to understand what had to happen to free us from our sins, the fact that Jesus had to die, that means that sin is very serious. And just because we can't see it does not mean that it doesn't have very... Uh, dangerous consequences, especially to our relationship with God. Yeah. So that's a very powerful 
aspect that we have uh, in prayer as well. For Anything sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, nothing on that. No. All right. Uh, <clears throat> another thing is it reminds us of our dependency on God. Uh, it's very easy uh, in our culture, I think, especially when uh, using 2020 again as an example, like when COVID originally, when I saw the news originally, oh, it's happening in China. Okay. Oh, it's happening here. Okay. I had a lot of confidence in a lot, a lot of ways of the American healthcare system and all that type of stuff. And it became very clear that I couldn't trust that. And I couldn't trust a lot of these other things that I had put my hope and trust in, even while deceiving myself that I had actually put in, in God and in Jesus. So prayer reminds us that we need to trust God in all situations, that maybe there's something that I'm struggling with. Maybe there's even a command in scripture that I am told I cannot do this and be pleasing to God. And I have no idea why, mm -hmm. but faith builds our trust, knowing that what God has said is good, is good. And I'm going to trust him through it. So it, it's a dependency builder. And that's what we really need that, that aspect in there. So I think a lot of people who neglect praying and neglect Bible reading are the people who usually try to justify sin and stuff like that. And rather what we need to be doing is trusting in him to overcome our sin. Yeah. Anything else on that? No. Uh, you know, I think this, again, like we've kind of talked about before, shows itself in a few different ways. Um, you know, especially when we say things like, you know, your will be done, right? We're putting mm -hmm. our trust in him. We're putting our faith in him. And we're understanding that, you know, he's the one that's in the driver's seat. He's the one that's in control. And we, we depend on him and we need him. Both for, you know, just the life that we have today, but also, like you said before, like when we are talking about confessing our sins too, that's, we, we depend on God for his forgiveness, right? We need that. Um, and so we're able to get that out of prayer, you know, for ourselves. Um, you know, then, you know, comes up the question, well, you know, to what extent can that go? You know, can we change God's will? through prayer um and, and a passage that comes to mind that i want to read is, is james chapter five uh and again this may be one that's familiar but for me it's it's one of my favorites in really showing the true power of what prayer can accomplish uh and in james uh chapter five uh, beginning in verse 13 it says is anyone among you suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it, may, that it might not rain for three years and six, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Uh, this is one of the greatest passages to me when it comes to, especially in the New Testament, showing the the power that that prayer can have uh, in a lot of ways, um, whether that be for someone who is sick whether that be for us or our brothers and sisters who may be struggling with some sort of sin, maybe we're weighed down by that and calling out to God for forgiveness and he will forgive us, right? We're able to get that confidence out of it. 
But then he also tells about the story of Elijah. Um, one of the Old Testament passages that we have. Someone who, like you said, was like us. Um, who prayed fervently that it would not rain. And God granted that prayer that it did not rain. Now there was a greater purpose for that. Uh, if you go back and read that story in Elijah. Um, what God was trying to teach. You know, not just Elijah, but ultimately teach uh, the people of Israel through that uh, lack of rain, through that drought that they had, and then when he brought it back again. Um, but again, you know, you see that that Elijah is able to achieve this, that this is able to happen because he makes that request to God. Hmm. Um, same thing with us. You know, when we're in sin, when we are covered in sin, we are able to be forgiven of those sins when we make those requests to God, when we pray to him, we are able to be cleansed. And ultimately, that's what's going to save us in the end. That's how God's going to be able to, you know, raise us up. When we ask the Lord for forgiveness, when we make those requests to him, then he will forgive us. Then we can be cleansed. He will answer those prayers. And ultimately, someday we're going to be able to be saved, you know, because we, we've we've had that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's because of what Jesus did for us and that we're able to be his children. But even when we're his children, like you said before, we're still going to fall short. And how we confess those sins and how we're able to be forgiven for them is by talking to God and telling him about these different things. And then he can help us through them and mm-hmm. forgive us of them. For sure. So that that's an important aspect. I mean, the combination of the sin, the getting, getting through our sin, confessing sin, and dependency, both of those come from the same place. So if you try to have your sins forgiven without dependency on, on God, dependency on Jesus, it's going to fall short. For sure. Yeah. Um, one other aspect of prayer, one thing that it accomplishes is it gives a friend for all times. And, uh, I have a lot of really good friends at Northwood, Charlie. I have a lot of good <laughs> friends at, uh, other places. Um, and a lot of people who I'd be willing if I'm up at five o'clock, I can call them or well, I guess three. I don't know. When, when's, when do people fall asleep anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no. but at, yeah, exactly. But at any time I can, I feel the freedom to call a lot of these people. Uh, but there's a very limited thing that they can do for me. And as a matter of fact, probably a lot of them, if I called them, they would be like, well, let me pray with you. So it's like, we're all, we're going to reach for the same thing anyway. What happens is that prayer provides, um, even when a friend can't, and there's a lot that human friends can do for you, but ultimately what God can do for you is so much better because we've already talked about overcoming sin which is something that friends can't do for you but just having someone always listening and particularly when it comes to jesus one of the oh one of the most beautiful passages comes out of hebrews 2 when he comes to this earth and the hebrew writer talks about he can empathize with our weaknesses because he came and became human so everything that we've been through maybe our friends don't know that but jesus does and jesus can empathize with that so having a friend for all times comes through prayer. And I think that's, that's something we need to be relying on a lot more. And going along with that, you know, being able to have a friend at all times, um, it it provides us comfort when we probably need it the most Mm -hmm. and maybe when we don't need it. Um, but again, yeah, there's one thing you can get out of this is that I love Philippians chapter four, because going back there again, when we read about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and how it will guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. You know, peace is like the one thing that we are guaranteed through prayer. Mm. Um, it's, it doesn't even say that if you ask for peace, 
it will be given to you. No, it's that you make your request to God based on the anxieties that you have. And if you do that with thankfulness, like it's almost like a byproduct of doing that, that God is going to grant you is going to be peace, right? Mm-hmm. That I mean, it, it is something that we are guaranteed to be able to have through God and through prayer is this peace that will, that will guard us and, and surround us through that. Um, you know, it's, it's again, just one of the greatest things that, that we can have through prayer is peace. Um, something that I think all of us want some level of in some way is just peace and rest from all of the fears and different things that happen in our lives. And so that's one of the greatest things that we can get out of prayer. I think Yeah, sure. It's, it's one of those interesting things about when I consider uh, Jesus' promise of rest and God's promise of rest and what the Sabbath was supposed to do and all this type of thing is like we get really caught up in rat races, humans. Mm-hmm. And when you bring up this aspect of peace, like it's wonderful and it's what humans desire so much. I'm going to, I'm going to spoil a show right now. This is a spoiler a spoiler alert for the good place. If you haven't seen it, stop this right now and skip it. <laughs> but the good place, like when they end up and finally the good place, it's like this awful thing. Like yeah, people, there, there's they, no rest. There's no rest at all. And what's the conclusion they come up with is a place that you enter in and you just kind of rest. Have eternal peace. And it's like, that's the whole point. Like that's heaven is rest and the only place you're going to find rest is with jesus and that like to me that just blew my mind i was like here's an atheist philosopher who comes up with this show comes up with this concept and the conclusion he arrives at is one that we already have in the bible yeah it's literally it's like, oh heaven won't heaven's not going to be good it yeah. doesn't give you rest but there's a place after, after heaven, heaven where you achieve eternal yeah. rest and that's what we like of course unbelievable thank you <laughs> so, so, so but and we we can have just a semblance of that mm-hmm. when we pray to god and we seek peace so yeah that's the closest that we can really get with God right here on yeah, this earth is right through here. prayer, right? Um, you know, when Jesus tells us to cast our cares upon him, um, to be able to put our yoke that is weighing us down on Jesus, you know, he's willing to take that on for us and then give us his in return for his, you know, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. In order for us to be able to take on his light load, we have to, ca- like he says, we mm. have to cast our cares upon him. Right. We can't just it's not just going to magically happen one day. Right. We have to take the steps in order to do that. We have to put our trust and our faith in Jesus. And, you know, other than becoming his child and and being baptized and being washed of your sins. Right. After we are a Christian, you know, we're still going to get weighed down by things. We still have to cast those cares upon him. Otherwise, we're just going to stay with this load on our shoulders. And the way that we do that is through prayer. Mm-hmm. That's that's how we open up to God and we confess to him and we tell him what we're struggling with. You know, he wants to hear those things. Jesus wants to hear that and take on our load and 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 give us his instead um, yeah. to make it, you know, easier for us and to give us some level of rest, you know, while we're here mm-hmm. and ultimately someday eternal rest. Yeah. Um, so stop being passive when you pray. Yeah. Like, put it out there for yeah. sure. Um, you know, these, did you have any other ones you wanted to add to this, this list? That's pretty comprehensive. These are just a few things, you know, (laughs) like there, there is, there is so, there is so much more to this that we, you know, could talk about that we could go into. Um, but you know, for time's sake, and we're trying to keep this, you know, a somewhat short Mm -hmm. podcast, you know, we can't go into it, right? The, The prayer is such a deep thing. It's such a deep idea that, you know, we could never, 
uh, fully explain it or grasp it because I don't think either one of us fully understands it or, or fully grasps it either now in our lives. Um, but what, you know, what I want us to get out of this is just, you know, just how much we can accomplish with prayer, just how much we can do. It's infinite. There, there is no bounds to it. Uh, and these are just a few things I think that we've talked about that you can get and a few benefits of it for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So anything else before we move on? No. Uh, so thank you guys again listening to section two. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back right back. We're going to talk about praying without ceasing. Welcome back. Um, so as we move into this this last section, uh, as we're finishing out the podcast, uh, what we want to talk about is this idea of, you know, pray without ceasing. Um, it's easy to forget the power of prayer until something happens that reminds us of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in those times that we probably find ourselves praying the most, those difficult times in our life when we face different challenges. But it's also in those times that I know that I probably find myself feeling the most guilty about not praying as much as I should have during, you know, the good times in life when everything was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So the question is, you know, how much do we pray? How often should I actually be praying? You know, when we read passages like 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, when it says, you know, pray without ceasing, like... Do I interpret that literally to where every free second of every day that I have, I am just, it, my life is just a constant prayer to God. Like, do I actually, can I, do I take a breath? Like, how do I stop? <laughs> also, uh, you know, in Luke 18 uh, verses, you know, one through eight, when we read passages like that, when Jesus is talking about, you know, how, how do we, how do we apply those things to our lives? Um, have you ever heard of the push method? Alexander, I cannot say that I have no. Okay, so push uh, is something that I've heard before, an acronym that stands for pray until something happens. So it's kind of this idea that like I'm just going to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and if I don't get an answer, I'm going to pray again. If I don't get an answer, I'm going to pray again, and it's almost like this idea that I'm like. I don't want to say nagging, but that's kind of the way that it is. Like, I'm just going to nag God until he finally like caves in and does something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, is that how we're supposed to interpret those passages where we just, just constantly just go at the Lord constantly in prayer until he finally gives us some sort of solution or the answer that we're seeking after? Like, is that how we're supposed to interpret those? I don't think so. No, that, that <laughs> seems a little, that seems a little unreasonable. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it's important for us to like pray very often and, and when there's a prayer list if you have a if you have a bulletin or something like that pray for those people like every day it should be continuous but it's not this like just shaking until something happens i guess if we go back to the vending machine idea <laughs> it's not just i press the button but now it's to the point where i'm not getting the cookies i want i'm going to shake it until i get what i desire out of that and I don't, again, I don't know where this exact idea of, or interpretation of prayer comes from like that. Um, I think 
it makes it mixes with a culture of I earn things, mm-hmm. so I get what I want from doing things. <laughs> I think a lot of people take a they they put a lot of stock in karma, and if I do <laughs> enough good things, then something magical will happen. When the reality is that God ultimately is going to do what is best and what is good for every person, and that includes you. Um, he's looking for your ultimate good. Uh, so not getting what exactly what you desire just because you're pushing as, as much as you can. Not getting exactly what you desire, perhaps that's God's will. Yep. So learning to accept the things that you can't change and learning, especially as we talked about earlier, this dependency, this trust in God that what he says is good, what he decides is best, that's what is best. When we have that actual dependence and that mm-hmm. faith and trust in him, that's when prayer becomes less focused on what I get out of this and more of aligning my will towards God and the best good happening. The good is good. For so. sure. Um, you know, this is something that I definitely have struggled with uh, at times for sure when there's been something that, you know, has been really weighing on my mind. And so I pray what feels like constantly to the Lord about it. And I don't feel like I'm getting the answer that I want. Um, and I think that's a situation that a lot of people find themselves in at times um, that we've all struggled with. And it's forced people that I know out of a relationship with God altogether hmm. because they feel like their relationship with God is a one-way street where they're talking to God and talking to God and talking to God, but God is doing absolutely nothing for them in return. And so like, therefore God doesn't exist. And so then they, you know, denounce their faith altogether and walk away from it. Um, so, you know, if you're in that situation, uh, if you're, if you're struggling with something and you are praying constantly about it, and maybe you don't feel like you're getting the answer that you want, maybe you don't see an answer from God. Like I would encourage you Take a step back for a second. Um, Think about what it is that you're praying about. And then look at your life. Because maybe you actually are getting an answer. Maybe God actually has responded to your prayers. And maybe it's in a way that you did not realize, you know, when you were in the middle of that bad situation. I know that could be asking a lot in that time. So it's a personal story time. Um, So in 2017... Uh, June 2017, my mother was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, and if you don't know much about cancer, which I did not at the time, really, um, obviously I know it existed, but I didn't know to the depths of, of what it all meant. Uh, a quick Google search uh, of, of pancreatic cancer, especially stage four, specifically stage four, uh, you will quickly find that it is essentially a death penalty. Um, I believe uh, at the time my mother was diagnosed, uh, of course, like the first thing I did was hop on Google. Um, the five-year survival rate, which is what they measure a lot of survival rates with cancer, is five years, uh, is was 1%. Um, and depending on where it had spread, it could go down to like 0.1%. Um, so statistically, what my mother was being told was that she has, you know, only a certain amount of time left to live. Uh, because she was relatively young and, and healthy compared to a lot of people that struggle with it. They were going to try to do chemo, but chemo was more keeping it from spreading, keeping her alive until something better comes out that could actually potentially heal her. It wasn't actually going to heal her, and everyone pretty much knew that at the time. 
um, that you were just preserving her life until some new treatment came out. And that was the, I can without doubt say that was the worst day of my life. Uh, was sitting there in a hospital room thinking that my mother just had a really bad stomach virus only to find out that it was actually a stage four cancer. Um, and it was for her, it was an anomaly. You know, we don't really, the doctor still, they, we have no idea why she was diagnosed with that. She was healthy, um, and young and didn't really do any of the things that would commonly lead to some sort of cancer like that. Um, and so the, our first thoughts though, when she was diagnosed where we, we need to pray and we need as many people praying for her as we could get. Um, because you know, with, with more people making requests to God that she would be healed, right. That increases our chances of her actually being healed for sure. And, and so we did. Um, to the point where every free second of my day that I had during the year that she battled with uh, her cancer, I pretty much found myself praying or, or trying to make some sort of request to God, um, all night, some nights would stay up like on the floor, just crying out to God you know, that, that this you know, wouldn't happen and that she would be healed of her cancer. Um, thinking that I could somehow change, you know, whatever the, the will of God was in this situation. Um, you know, if I just prayed more, uh, you know, if I just had more faith, uh, maybe then, you know, like the the idea, like Alexander was saying, of the vending machine, right? It's not money that I'm trying to put in; it's faith, right? If I just put in more faith, if I just if I'm just more righteous, then then maybe then I can get out of it what I what I'm trying, what I what I think I'm going to get. Um, you know, if more righteous people pray for her, maybe maybe someone who has stronger faith than I have will pray for her. Then you know she's going to be healed, like she's going to get through this. Uh, and it was a challenge uh, because with every bit of good news that we would get would come what felt like even worse news. Like, oh, your numbers are down, but there's a new spot or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and that entire year was a, was a roller coaster. Uh, and it even got to the point where I would feel like if I wasn't praying in every free second I had, then I felt guilty. Um, because my mother was dealing 24 seven with these tumors that were inside her. And the only thing that I can really do is pray. So if I'm not praying all the time, I am killing her. Um, or she's dying because I'm not praying enough or I'm not praying hard enough. Um, or I've committed, you know, maybe some, I mean, I tried every like reasonable justification that I could think of, you know, oh, it's because I sinned or I told a lie today or something, you know, it's because I'm just not a good enough person uh, is why she's not being healed of this cancer is why it's not going into remission. Um, even though all the stats and everything says that she won't, you know, just, it, you know, anything's possible. And it is. Um, well, a little less than a year later, uh, she... Uh, she passed away from her cancer. Uh, she made it until um, the beginning of June, uh, one year later. And, you know, it, it wasn't a surprise. Um, you know, we, we pretty well expected it. it was going to end in that way. Um, and again, it was 
difficult. Um, but toward the end of her, her battle with cancer, I actually remember it was in, uh, about the end of March, beginning of April. Um, when we knew began to kind of realize where this was going to head pretty soon, um, that I began to study a lot more, uh, and read a lot more. And I took a step back from the situation that I was in and tried to look at it from a different way. And that was, if I could point to anybody in my family and say that without doubt, there is one, like, if I could say without doubt, this one person, if they died right now would be in heaven. 100% was my mom and is my mother. I am very, with every ounce of confidence that I can have, I know that she is resting in paradise right now. Um, you know, I began to think, I, I am praying and everyone is praying that my mother is healed of this cancer. When she passed away, she was healed of her cancer. Hmm. Um, where she is now, you know, she's no longer struggling with it. She doesn't have tumors inside her. She isn't having to go to chemo every other week and, and essentially be poisoned and have to deal with all the problems that that gives you. She is at home and she is in peace and she is resting and she is healed. And so when she did pass, it was in some ways almost comforting because it was not what I thought that I was asking God when I thought of when I, when I was praying for her to be healed, I truly wanted it to be physically here on this earth, her cancer to clear up. But instead she was healed forever. Um, to the point where I almost felt like maybe my prayers were in some way selfish, right? It's almost like God was, was calling her home, was offering her eternal rest, but I'm standing there holding her hand, pulling her back and trying to keep her here. Mm. Um, and so through looking at it in a different way from kind of stepping back from the situation that I was in, I was able to be encouraged and my faith was actually strengthened and my prayer actually changed, um, there towards the end of it as well, that, um, it wasn't that she would be healed, you know, here physically, you know, maybe that could be the option, but ultimately I wanted her to be at absolute rest and for her to be comfortable and for her to be able to to feel good and strong again. And the way that that would happen is by her being able to go on and to be able to have something better that she's that she's in now and be in paradise. Um, and motivates me now to live accordingly because I want to be able to go and see her again someday. Um, you know, if there's something that's weighing you down and you're praying about it all the time, um, and you're right in the middle of it and you, it, it's on your mind always. And maybe you don't feel like you're getting an answer or you're not getting the answer that you want. I promise you that you are getting an answer. God is hearing what you're praying. Uh, and he is answering you. He has told us that he is, that he does that. Therefore he does. And I can tell you from personal experience, experience that he does. Yeah. Um, you know, and although that answer may not be clear to you now, and although it might not be for a long time, someday, eventually, if it's not in this life, it'll be in the next, that answer will become more clear to you. And you will realize that, that God is in control of the situation, that he is watching over you, 
that he does love you. Um, even though you may have to go through some very uncomfortable things at the time and maybe you don't get everything that you think you deserve or that you want, but you're getting what you need. Um, so <clears throat> I promise you that answer is there that you may not get it in the way that you want or that it may not show itself in the way that you think. Um, it is there. God does hear you and is there for you. Um, always. So that's my personal story on that situation. And, and I hope that it can encourage you in some way. Um, because through all of that, you know, my faith was very much strengthened. Uh, and I feel like my prayer life for sure was strengthened as well um, out of it. And I began to think a lot more about, you know, not just how I pray, but what I'm praying for and be a little bit more thoughtful about things like that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Sad story aside, I don't know. Did you have anything, you know, you wanted to add to that and with that? Can you believe you just asked me that question? <laughs> that was, that's really powerful. And I'm very thankful for your honesty and putting it out there. And I, I, I've seen so many people who have fallen away in the past couple of years and stuff like that on the basis of God forced me through this. I prayed about it. He didn't do anything. And I think it's very impactful. Your mother's faith and how that's influenced your faith and your study and all that type of stuff. And it, in in a way it's driven you closer to God. And that's a, that's a really wonderful thing. So you should take Charlie's advice. (laughs) I I really don't have much else to say to that. You got anything else you want to list off before we're we're done here? No, uh, I don't think I do. Um, Prayer is obviously extremely important. Um, again, kind of like I mentioned before, a relationship is a two-way street. Um, and so what, what God offers us through the sacrifice of Jesus is to be able to have a relationship with him, to be in his family. Um, but any counselor would tell you the first step of, of any relationship is communication. It's the most important thing that you can have. And so, you know, obviously we know God he, t- he speaks to us through his words. You know, we can read them. We can literally read the words that Jesus spoke while he was here on this earth. Uh, and so in order to be able to have that fully well-developed relationship, we also have to talk to him. Uh, and we do that through not only the way that we live our lives, but specifically we actually talk to him through prayer. Uh, and that's how we have that relationship with him. And so, you know, as we kind of mentioned at the beginning, um, pray. <laughs> if you know, this is something that you struggle with. Um, maybe you don't think that you do it enough. You don't know where to start. Um, well, where you start is as soon as you get done listening to this podcast, say a prayer. Take a minute or two and just pray to the Lord and begin that communication with Him. Begin that relationship, even if it's been cold for a long time now. Um, it's never too late. So, yeah. So, that was, that was really powerful. Uh, story. Very thankful to have Charlie with me on this podcast. I think his uh, his perspective isn't very jaded. I think some Christians <laughs> have very jaded perspectives on everything's been happy-go-lucky for them for their whole lives. Charlie doesn't have that and still has a lot of faith. So very thankful to have him as a friend and as a co- co-podcaster, I guess, co-host. Um, <clears throat> but we're very, again, we're hopeful that this will help you through your week. Uh, as Charlie mentioned, start today start praying start you know if it's just a prayer of thanksgiving if it's just a prayer of 
letting out your worry, your concern. If you're anxious, I know it's not going to always work the same way as like medicine does, but it it does help. It gives that, that bit of peace in it. So, uh, again, we're, we just encourage you to do that. And we're thankful again that you guys are listening. We hope that you have a blessed week and we hope that this podcast has blessed you. Uh, and we hope that you will, will come back and listen with us next week. We'll see you. Have a good one.